Welcome to One to One, the conversational marketing podcast dedicated to helping modern marketing teams succeed in a messaging first and privacy first world. In each episode, we'll interview a marketer who is winning with conversational marketing to distill best practices, lessons learned, and actionable takeaways. Here's your host, Benji Bear, VP of Marketing at Spectrum. Hey, everyone, and uh, thanks for listening to One to One, the conversational marketing podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Guillermo Cohen, Global Conversational Commerce Advisor for Dell Technologies. Guillermo, really excited to have you today, and uh, thanks for chatting with me. Excited to be here. Yeah. I think before we get started, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and the work that you're doing at Dell. Sure. I'm Guillermo Cohen. I've been working with Conversational Commerce for about two and a half years at Dell Technologies. So I started, you know, initially taking care of Brazil, which is one of the regions that I've been working on. That project grew, you know, we rethought the entire process, rebuilt the entire chatbot experience. And yeah, started to take it over to other regions. So that's what I've kind of been doing now, working as an advisor for regional go-to-market teams to expand their conversational commerce platforms. That's very exciting stuff. I think Brazil, you know, you're starting in a huge market and expanding to lots of other places. How's the experience been so far expanding across different markets? Yeah, it's extremely interesting. You know, every region has its own approach and its own difference in cultural behavior, how people deal with messaging and what they see in messaging. I feel like that's the biggest shock when you go expand and you start looking at a global level is that, you know, when you talk about Brazil, Sending a message to a business is something that everyone does, right? Be it the small business, you know, you're ordering something, some food with a restaurant, or you're buying with like a huge retailer. We all send WhatsApp messages. And I say all because I'm also Brazilian. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you know, it's something that it's part of the way people go about online. And, you know, when you look at other countries, every one of them will have its own particularity. You know, there are big differences, especially, you know, when you look at developing countries and countries that are more economically advanced, there are very big differences. And I feel like a lot of social, economic, even infrastructure related things that influence the way that people deal with e-commerce and their propensity to want to go towards one of those channels. Right. You talk about Brazil, you know, calling a business and staying in a queue in the phone. Is risky business. You know, we've mm-hmm. all been there, um, you know, calling someone, explaining something on the phone, and then the call drops and you lose the entire thing and you have to call it again. That is a Brazilian struggle. That is a struggle in India and a lot of other countries. And people are just more willing to reach out in a place where you have this historical thread of conversation, where you have this history, right? Where people can go back and understand where you're coming from. And I feel like that's what WhatsApp or, you know, Facebook Messenger, Google Messages, you know, just a text and SMS in general enable us to do. It is a alternative route to the usual chat experience that most websites offer and that, you know, just phone in general offers. So, yeah, that's been the most fascinating part of it is seeing how some specific countries are just have this propensity to want to go to that app instead of calling someone and learning how to go around each one of those regions. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. That's also what we've seen a lot is that ability to come back to the messaging thread on your own time, you know, and allowing the customer to be more in control yeah. of also that communication process is really why it's been so attractive to people and why there's so much demand. In terms of, I mean, you mentioned a few different channels there, like WhatsApp, uh, Messenger, Google Business Messages. Are there certain channels that you've really seen explode over the last few years or that you focused on in terms of conversational commerce at Dell? Yeah, you know, it really varies by region. You know, you're talking about India or talking about Brazil, WhatsApp is a no-brainer, um, right? You mm -hmm. know, you have pretty much the entire population that has a phone, has this app installed. More than that, some devices will come with them built in, which is something new that they're doing in these expanding regions. And, you know, it's just really dependent on, you know, how each region adopted it. When you look at China, they have WeChat, which is, you know, an entire thing on its own. You mm -hmm. know, Japan has Line. And then you have, I think I would probably say the US and Europe are probably the hardest regions when it comes to that because they have such a wide variety of different apps and each country has its own very specific thing. When you talk about the US, you know, you have a lot of people using just regular SMS or the built-in messaging platform they have on their phone. So it's something like that, but they also use, you know, this alternative messaging apps, but they all have its own personality in some sense. We feel like a lot of people are like, well, WhatsApp is for my family, right? Messenger is for mm -hmm. the people I know. SMS is for businesses and so on. So everyone has like this, of course, this is a generalization, right? Meaning that every country is like this, but most people have this societal relationship with each one of those apps and how they use them and how they deal with companies, right? Where they want to open the door or where they don't want it. Like, again, you talk about India and Brazil, people are talking to businesses in the midst of their conversations with their family and friends. In Europe, that might not be so much of the case, right? People are talking to banks. When you look at benchmarks, you know, from Europe, like what are the benchmarks that we have, like the big ones? It's kind of like banks helping out customers. And it's, mm -hmm. again, a more private thing, right? It's like, this is my bank <laughs> and this is my <laughs> right. family. So I feel like that case is just, you know, it really depends. But again, you know, WhatsApp is very strong. Messenger is very strong. WeChat and Line are the ones that pop first into my mind. But then you have Google Business Messages, which is this tool that it kind of opens this new thread where, you know, it's not the app you'll use every day, but on the context of looking to purchase, that might be something extremely interesting in the future, right? You're searching for something on Google and you have the option to talk to someone right then and there. It's interesting. It's a much more different approach and it might be a way to deal with this feelings that I mentioned, right? Where people look at it and they're like, I don't want to bring a company to my personal space on the conversational and messaging front. So it's how like, how can I keep it professional or keep it private with this person in a place that they don't feel like I'm in, being intrusive, you know, into their life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the way you frame some of that, you know, messaging is, is very much a private space for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that's also why it's such a powerful medium, I think, of communication, particularly yeah. things like WhatsApp. You know, I think we've always been surprised at how willing most people are to also engage with brands in that space. But uh, yeah, I love how you put it that also the context, the app provides a context that also changes how people might experience that communication. That's a, a very, very interesting one. For you, 
you know, you mentioned a lot of things in terms of how different markets are behaving, like the apps, the way that people approach messaging, but in general, how would you kind of summarize the current state of conversational marketing or conversational commerce today? I feel like right now it's something that everyone is learning together. I would probably say, you know, it's something that we're still trying to find or space and how to do it and where do I overreach or where do I find it just right? Talking about marketing, right? Conversational marketing and how much am I willing to go into these people's lives and sending them a message in a place that they consider private or having those conversations. It is booming, right? On some regions. On some other ones, we see that younger audiences are starting to want to deal with companies on that sense, while you know older consumers are still looking at email and phone. So we mm -hmm. see that this is kind of like a wave, right? The way that I look at it is just like every region is on its own pace. Some of them have been faster because of like the things that I mentioned to you, right? So there is a lot of like those societal and infrastructural things that might influence someone to want to go to that app. But I feel like it's a market in the rise right now. It's not something that everyone does it. It's not something that all companies do it. You go to the US, you look at Europe, the examples at big firms that I can think of, they are very scarce, right? It's not most of them doing the biggest retailers. Like You don't see Amazon doing it, right? You don't see the big brand retailers doing it. Some regions, on the other hand, everyone is doing it. And that, that's mm -hmm. why you know it's so advanced on some specific regions, right? Again, I go back to Brazil because of my, you know, the place that I live in, but it is one of the most developed conversational markets that I see. And you walk through a mall, like a physical brick and mortar place, and all stores, all storefronts will have this huge QR code just glued into their window. And it says like WhatsApp us, you know, <laughs> from the mini store all the way to like huge corporations. And you think of it, hmm, you know, this is something that I don't see in the US or Europe right now. So it's something that it's really behavioral. So, you know, as a summarization, it's just I see that it's a growing business. It's something that is still learning. It's maturing. Yeah, absolutely. It's very much, it feels like a frontier where we're seeing a lot of interesting things going on. And it's almost now is the time to act because it's yeah. that real estate, that prime kind of messaging real estate is still relatively, there's not as many of your competitors there. But yeah, I like that you also mentioned the connection between that offline to online with the QR codes and WhatsApp in Brazil. I think that's something even that was accelerated by the pandemic, right? Everyone, QR codes just became so commonplace and now they're being used to really bridge that gap and kind of create these connections between brands and businesses, not just in an online world, but also, you know, bringing them from offline to online, which I think is, a, there's a lot of exciting opportunities there. And even your comment about Google business messages there too, that it's a slightly different entry point, right? It's more a search and discovery process that is then leading into a messaging experience, but very exciting stuff as far as the types of commerce experiences that brands can also create uh, within that context. Yeah. And you think about, you know, some examples that are, are wild to think about now that, you know, in 10 years ago, you would never be thinking about them, right? Um, you know, you're talking about having, I don't know, like a QR code on a newspaper, you know, and I'm thinking, the audience that is picking up that physical newspaper, right? They're reading the newspaper still like as it is, but they are still in that in-between, right? Between digital and physical. 
and you have kind of like that relationship. And that's exactly what you mentioned. I feel like the frontier, right? We're still in the midst of that transition where, you know, we're still learning how to deal with these online only world, which most certainly the pandemic has, you know, expedited a lot of change. So yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Exciting place to be working. So, I mean, for you, we've talked about some of those trends that are making this businesses kind of get into the fray, but why is conversational marketing so important for modern teams today for you? Well, because I feel like things are just more natural. I feel like as, you know, things are coming through, what we see, you know, with, you know, smart home assistants, you know, like Google and Alexa, and, you know, and then you have like the apps and everything is just becoming so much connected to data and just being simple and clean. I feel like, you know, this is something that most companies and just our life in general, we're always looking to make our lives easier. And I feel like that's where the conversational part of it comes in, where, you know, we learned a couple of years ago how to purchase online, right? It's something that 12 years ago, Amazon was selling books, um, right? Um, and now they are what they are. So people are still learning how to purchase online. And mobile purchasing is even fresher, right? We do have apps. We have places where purchasing like on your mobile is super easy. But in general, we're not very used to it in a sense that it's something that we still have to like stop and do it, right? It's something not so seamless. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where the conversation comes in, right? You need a new computer. I'll use Dell as an example, right? You come Mm -hmm. in, you answer a couple questions and that's where, you know, okay, I'll be able to find what you really need as an expert. Like I won't use myself as an example because I am kind of like a computer nerd, but <laughs> in general, you know, people don't know what the difference is. The average consumer, right? They don't know like, why is this processor more expensive than this one? Or what is the difference between having this much memory on my computer? Or what is the difference between SSD and HDD? Right. Like there are so many questions that sure, they are all in the palm of your hand to be answered if you Google them. But at the same time, when you're purchasing a product, We just look at the options at the end of the day, and we are not sure how to purchase some things. So, you know, having that conversation and just being simple about it, right? What are you going to use your computer for? You know, like you're talking to a friend in a sense, right? Like, why are you purchasing this? Are you using it at home? You just want to watch Netflix on it and do your like university work? Or are you a engineer? You know, there are big differences on what we can provide you as a product and a service. And any companies like that, right? Whichever product you're offering, you always try to explain it as best as possible. And I feel like the conversational aspect of it will truly be able to simplify our lives even more. So that's why, you know, we see this shift of people starting to go towards that sense instead of having to do the entire work themselves, right? You're searching on Google, looking at the page, searching on Google, and then checking it again, comparing it. So it's how conversations make that job simple. Yeah, I think you touched on some really, really great things there, right? Like the how it makes it's almost a more human approach, right? Taking that like what would have been walking into a store and asking a bunch of questions about Mm -hmm. like the latest laptop, but making that possible within a conversation feels much more human and also much more helpful and relevant, right? So it's providing those kind of assistive experiences to guide purchase journeys when people really have either... Sometimes, you know, like you said, questions about specific products, but sometimes even questions they don't even know they should be asking, right? So helping Mm -hmm. to guide them along that process. Yeah, really important in opening up that learning, all the data that's uncovered as well when you are engaging with consumers in that format. I think 
is really exciting. You touched on quite a few things for why it's so important. Like, what is it that excites you the most about conversational marketing or commerce? You know, where's the frontier? <laughs> I mean, you know, there is really no way to know how, you know, like this is going to shape up. I feel like this is the most exciting part is, you know, we're looking at more and more people using, for example, augmented reality, right? Or having virtual reality or, you know, having all the gadgets that we use on our daily lives, the smart watches, the smart, you know, the smartphones, all, everything is underconnected. And in the future, I look at it and it's like, people are not going to stop messaging each other, right? They're not going to stop talking to each other, be mm -hmm. it with their voice or be it with messaging, just sending a message. People will continue to do that. And I feel like that's the most exciting part of it. It's how will these apps shape up? to fill in those gaps that people really want to. And I feel like, you know, the capabilities of it are just boundless. Like, again, I mentioned before WeChat, WeChat is a prime example of how these apps are becoming so much more than just sending a message to your friend or getting something back. It's really about how the internet is inside of WeChat, right? As an example, mm -hmm. you know, like you're doing everything in there. You have access to your companies. You can browse in, you can have conversations with your friends. And I feel like right now, at least, you know, outside of China, and Line might be an example that goes out, we still have much different apps to do similar things or to do things separately, right? They're not all interconnected. And mm -hmm. I feel like as we go by, the thing that excites me the most is companies are looking to consolidate that, right? Google wants to consolidate it. You know, Facebook wants to consolidate it. And it's to think about like, hey, how is this going to make my life easier? Or how is this going to make my life much more effective, right? Um, we talked about the apps as well. Like before your phone was to call people and that's it. And then you have the apps and you start making your life easier. And then you have now a lot of different apps. Then, you know, like the future is I have one app where I can do everything or I have an app that does most of the things. I feel like that's what excites me the most is that it, it is truly a frontier. And the things that might be coming into our hands to build with and learn are just going to be like the really, really brand new stuff that we have in the future. And that will truly impact people's lives. I feel like that's the main thing, right? People are not going to stop communicating with each other. Yeah, absolutely. It is an exciting one. You know, and you mentioned that that view of having everything, you know, it kind of diverged with all of the different apps and as consolidating again into kind of the most natural way that people communicate, which is uh -huh. messaging. But, you know, you mentioned Google, Facebook, WhatsApp, all of these WeChat as well, you know, payments becoming so seamless within right. within those messaging apps or, you know, product searches, you know, integrating product feeds, allowing people to search all kinds of things, share that directly within the app as well. You're right, that consolidation within that messaging experience also opens up so many exciting opportunities for brands that want to connect with people within that space. Yeah, you have, you know, like places in the US where you can have your driver's license on your phone. You can have your, you know, and then just the wallets in general, like not only in the US, but just in general, you know, all this data that is being included into our lives and our phones, they're already part of us. You know, like <laughs> if you exit your house without your phone, most of the time you'll go back because you really want to have your phone with you. And the messaging is the same thing, right? What if someone needs to send me a message or what if someone needs to get to me? And again, this is like the same thing you mentioned about the mobility part of conversational commerce, which I feel like it's another huge thing, right? If I'm a company buying from another company on WhatsApp, I want to be there, right? I want to have there, like I might have my meetings and I might have my other stuff, but I have that continuous thread that is simple to use. It's simple, it's clean, and I can have that conversation in my time. 
so yeah, it's just, again, it's really, really interesting how things are going to shape up. Yeah, I think that's also a unique advantage for messaging. I feel that feels more natural is that persistent kind of messaging thread that you mentioned is like, I can always go back, you know, on my time and also see the history, right? See all the context of that mm -hmm. conversation in a way that feels much more natural than kind of going back across 25 tabs in a browser window, for example, you right. know, it's just like, we all yeah. know how to scroll up a messaging feed, you know, if we're in a WhatsApp group and we've missed a bunch of messages from friends or whether that's, you know, learning more about the context of the conversation we just had with a business. I think it really touches on also what's so exciting about it, which is that it's really such a human way to also uh, right. engage in commerce. Yeah, it's very personal, right? It's very different than, you know, on an e-commerce, what we do is we display our products, right? It's an e-store, right? So it's just like mm -hmm. a, another store. You, you want to ask the questions. You might have the information in there with the product, but you want to ask the questions. And I feel like that's the thing, right? If you ask, how can we ask the right questions to provide a very good answer to that customer, right? What are you looking for and how much are you willing to invest into what you're looking to buy? And I'll be able to pick up as an specialist of my own product, what really, really will mean to you, right? What it will be important for you, a good experience, right? Because again, if you go to a place expecting to eat a cheeseburger, and at the end of the day, you know, you don't have money for a cheeseburger and you buy a hot dog, the hot dog will not satisfy you as much as the cheeseburger would. But perhaps there will be <laughs> another option to it, which could you know, suffice what you need. And it will be a best fit than just like this different thing that, oh man, I didn't have money for the cheeseburger. So I guess I'll have this one. Now, like mm -hmm. the conversation might be able to pick up those nuances where we can provide you with the right thing for your situation which is something that you doing by yourself might not be the same thing, right? Because you will be choosing based on the knowledge that you try to consume and learn in a very short span of time when you're purchasing something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if the company has the conversation, again, they're like a friend telling you, you know, probably people are going to say like, well, a friend is not going to charge you. But, you know, at the <laughs> end of the day, you know, you're providing your specialist view to that customer in a simple way. You know, so that's really where the difference comes in. Like you said, it's very human. It's a very different way of purchasing, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely what we've seen at Spectrum too with the experiences that we've powered for brands that it's always the ones that, you know, really guide you, provide that assistive experience, that kind of almost like personal assistant or kind of concierge, like right. friendly user experience that gets so much more engagement, right? Even down to giving people prompts, you know, not expecting always just open exchange in terms of messaging, but allowing people to click on buttons and things like that within the context of right. a conversation also really kind of accelerates that experience. Uh, so it's interesting that you've seen that too. I mean, in terms of people that want to get started with conversational commerce, you've seen it across a lot of markets. What would your top three pieces of advice be for marketers out there that are just getting started? I'd say the first one is probably look around. I feel like one of the big things is that, you know, you have to see who is your benchmark, right? For the place where you're operating in. If you don't find any, then it means that you will be the trendsetter. In which case I would probably say, keep up with the technology. I mean, really mm -hmm. learn with the data that you have available, right? Because if you really know how the technology works and all the things that you can do with it, you know, if you can analyze data and cross-check that, with the technology, you'll be able to reach a very good experience, right? So if you know that most people use a certain app, 
then you know this is where I'll be at. But what do I want to achieve with it? So that that was probably the first thing. What can this app do? You know, I know that people are in it, but what can I do with it? Mm-hmm. So then you can just go as a step and start doing it. Then of course it's about thinking about a conversation, right? If you're trying to sell something, try to think what are the questions that you want to ask someone, right? If you were a salesperson, what are you trying to ask that person to provide them with the best fitted product for them? And you know, how to better do it. So you mentioned mm-hmm. you know, a couple of the things, the buttons, the main menu, like how would you like to have that conversation if you were the person purchasing, right? What are the questions that you would like to tell that salesperson for them to know how they can sell it best to you and how you would be sure that the product you're getting is the most fitted for your usage. So mm-hmm. that's probably, you know, kind of like the top advices, which is, you know, look around. That is always like the point of contact. Second is evaluate, you know, what you have in your hands, what can you do with it? And then the third one is think of yourself as the customer and try to think what is the conversation that you would like to have when you're purchasing that specific product. You can even sample it, right? What are the conversations that you are having with your customers, right? Mm -hmm. And that you are in fact, what are the things that they really care about? What is the stuff that they really want to know about? You know, so that's kind of like the three things that together they will provide you with a very good foundation, at least the way I see it. And then of course, you know, as every conversational commerce platform, there will be a lot of learning. You know, people react and they interact in the most crazy ways that we can never expect. <laughs> you know, sometimes they think that, oh, it's a robot. He will fix all my problems, you know? So it's kind of like you will learn a lot with what your customers are interacting with the channel. And that will create the cycle of constantly changing your channel to the smallest word, all the way to like showing a product in augmented reality inside the channel, you know, or like having, you know, if you're selling a fridge and people are normally asking, what is the size of it? you know, what's best for you to do. Tell them like it's two meters tall or perhaps send them a link and say like, here, this is an augmented reality link and you can see that fridge in your room, you know, and try to fit it and see if it'll fit. So a couple of these kind of like small details that you keep on learning with it. So yeah, I feel like those would be the the top things that I would look for. Yeah, I think that's a really important that last point too, that idea that it is a journey. So it's like to really optimize those experiences to create the best experiences, the most relevant experiences for your customers that you really want to make sure that you're continuously learning, you're looking through the data that you're changing and adapting the experiences uh, to your customers. And also I love, you know, you picked out something, but really choosing the right channel for your use case and goals, thinking about that at the outset is, is really important. Mm-hmm. And Again, I love the other point of looking around you as well, you know, learning from peers, learning from the market, seeing what's happening uh, to understand the opportunities, all really good pieces of advice for people that just want to get started in this space. I mean, five years from now, what do you think, what is the future of conversational commerce and conversational marketing look like? Wow. You know, that is the question. (laughs) I wish I had a very clear answer to give you out. But again, you know, this is something that we're still learning about it. But I, you know, what I would say is probably, you know, five years from now, we're probably looking at very complex ways of helping customers in a conversational format. We currently have not Dell, but companies in general. We are building a huge amount of knowledge, right, with the things that we're learning across this five years. And, you know, being and as technology in general progresses, 
I feel like, you know, when you look at Alexa or Google and stuff like that, we are already seeing a couple glimpses of what it can be um, mm -hmm. in a sense that these apps or these, you know, hardware or whatever, where you're having these conversations, they will become, you mentioned a very good word that I like to use, a concierge. Um, you know, like he is your assistant, right? And he is talking to you. And that's the thing with the conversational aspect of it, which is they know how your house is, um, you know, filled up. You know, do you have <laughs> toilet paper at your house? You know, he can remind you, you know, there are a lot of things that we already see today. You know, Alexa reminding you like, oh yeah, I bought you toilet paper um, 14 days ago, but I bought you like one, you know, package and now you probably need more. Do you want me to purchase more for you? The same one that I got you yesterday. So it's kind of like almost having this assistant of yours. And I feel like even with messages, it can be something very enriching and personalized to a point where, you know, in the upcoming five years, we can start seeing, for example, because we've purchased before on those apps, they can send you reminders, right? Or tell you about mm -hmm. stuff that is coming out. Like, hey, you purchased a product, or you purchased a notebook. Look at this new launch that came out. And, you know, it's just like, it's a very similar to the things that you purchased five years ago. So how does this become a partner, a friend of yours almost, right? And companies can be very upfront with you and close instead of being so corporate in a sense, right? Show you the usual ad, you know, like show mm -hmm. all those stuff. It's just really about personalization. So that's what I would probably see from now and more integrated with your life and your daily life on your wearables. Again, you know, like augmented reality, which is, you know, people talking about the metaverse. No one really knows exactly where the metaverse <laughs> is going, but, you know, we'll find out. Um, so, you know, how all those things start to connect to each other and, you know, that conversation becomes part of your life. So I guess that probably is something that I, I will see. You know, we're still far away from it, but, you know, it's something that we're, you know, we're building up towards that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the metaverse will definitely have some sort of conversational commerce in it, that's that's for sure. sure. <laughs> and, you know, I think you mentioned a great one about, the you know, messaging and reaching back out with personal offers as well. I think that's one where we really see a huge opportunity there where there's that connection that you're building uh, with customers in that space, the ability to also reach back out and use the data about their behavior in the conversation and, you know, data that they've also shared with you very directly in kind of like a private space that is, you know, not them tracking you around the internet, but them communicating with you directly in these apps and then using that data to personalize your experiences. Huge opportunities there as far as the ability to re-engage, reach back out, and and ultimately do more conversational commerce. That's an exciting future. Yeah, and it's what you mentioned, right? It's the data that the customer is open to sharing with the company, right? It's not tracking you or looking at where you're going, but rather really hearing out from you what you want to tell, right? What you want to say and what is the information that you really want that company to know, so they can provide you better recommendations, you know? No one is gonna come back over to Dell and tell them about their sleep schedule, right? Or something <laughs> like that, um, which might not be, you know, super important for us, but, you know, what matters to us is what is your line of work, right? What are you trying to achieve? What do you use your computer for? Or what your company needs? So yeah, it's most definitely exciting and uh, most definitely the metaverse will have its own messaging and just interested on how this will shape up. And, you know, as a final note, not even on the proactive side only, but as well on the intelligence of once a customer comes in, right, is that relationship with them that we mentioned, right, is having that assistant where if you come back, you know, we build this very refined interaction framework inside of those channels where 
it can really talk to you in a very fluid and very natural way. It is not something we see a lot, right? Right now, we do see like some a lot of conversations about machines passing Turing tests and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we talk about like how can messaging be a little bit of that? You know, having that conversation that really seems like you're talking to someone, and you can talk to someone right on a lot of those <laughs> channels. But how you know we can have also that self-service, that private thing where you're talking to an algorithm that will really be able to pick up on what you need, right? Without having to maybe share with someone directly. So. Yeah, I feel like that is going to progress very fast on the upcoming years. Yeah, yeah, I think there's uh, exciting developments on all fronts, really. Guillermo, thank you so much. I think that's all we can really cover for today. But it was really interesting to to hear your thoughts on on the future and the the reality of conversational commerce today. Before we wrap up, I just want to know, you know, if people want to follow your journey, you know, what you're doing in conversational commerce, where should they go? They should follow me on LinkedIn or send me an invite. I will be more than happy to share more. All right. Well, thanks again. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you execute on the the visions that you're talking about. And I think it's going to be an exciting few years ahead of us. So let's keep in touch. Let's keep in touch. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you, Guillermo.